Hello and welcome back to another very special episode of Faking Injuries. At Faking Injuries, our mission is the same. We are a Cayman domiciled corporation with the mission of spreading the word, the gospel, if you will, of European football to the Americans who have lost their way when it comes to sports, frankly. We're getting them back on the right track. In today's episode, it's our bread and butter. We love the transfer window. Sadly, it's wrapped up in England as of now. I think the Saudi League might still be open. Just wrapped up. Just wrapped up as well. So this is going to be our ultimate cleanup. We promise not to talk about transfers anymore until at least December when we're getting ready for January. But anything that we've missed, individual team windows we want to look at, and other rogue shouts, that's what we're doing today. It's a la carte. I can't promise where today's episode's going to go. It's going to be like Plinko out here. Are you excited? I'm doing great, Noah. I'm excited for this one. We... Always miss stuff. You know, there's so much going on in the transfer window, and we can only do so many episodes in the summer. So this is major cleanup. There's a lot of teams we didn't even mention in the summer that we feel like had great windows or horrible windows, and we're going to break those all down today. We will talk a couple of Premier League teams, but it's not going to be Premier League heliocentric. We're going to move out to Germany, and then maybe in part two or the end of part one, going to take us around Scandinavia and then clean up just any other small windows that we liked. So without further ado, let's get into it. First of all, what nation? I think our passports are going to see some serious stampage in this episode. I want to start us in Germany because we haven't done really any German transfer Mm -hmm. talk outside of Harry Kane, maybe. So I looked through all the squads. It was a relatively quiet window for most of the clubs. Even Bayern Munich did not make many moves. Dortmund made a couple, but not anything like majorly significant. So I came to my club that had my favorite window, and that was Wolfsburg. Very active. Obviously, they sold two of their key players, Mickey van de Ven for 40 mil to Tottenham, and Felix Demetra to Dortmund for 30 mil. All in all, getting 70 mil for those two guys, I think is pretty good money, and you got to take it. But they had a lot of work to do replacing those guys because they're two key players, if Mm -hmm. not the two best players on this squad. And they started by signing Lovro Meyer from Stad Ren. He's been a top 10 creator in Europe statistically for years now, and it's about time he got a move. He's been linked with top clubs for a while now, and 25 mil feels just right for him. I'm surprised a lower level Premier League club didn't shoot for him. And quickly on Meyer, you can't really go wrong with Croatian players, a lot of them. Come through Dinamo Zagreb, the preeminent club there. Meyer's another one. He's just got this mystique to him. You know, he kind of looks like a male Croatian 21st century Mona Lisa, if you will. Those eyes are mysterious. Love the hair. And the left foot is an absolute wand. That's kind of why I'm surprised as well. Premier League lower level team wouldn't take a flyer just because... What he could do from set pieces, whipping balls in. Yeah, and if you look at FB ref, which kind of breaks down those percentiles, he's always been 95 plus for like expected assists, shot creating actions. So it's kind of shocking that he ended up at Wolfsburg. Yeah, I'll be honest. And for Wolfsburg at 25 mil, they're still upside for 45 to 60 million dollar sale in the future. So who else did you like as far as the arrivals? Yeah, outside of Meyer, it was a lot of more budget signings, right? Like 12 mil and under. So they got Joachim Mila for 12 mil from Atalanta. 
I think this is an absolute steal. Mm-hmm. Like, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be unbelievable. Excellent fullback to rotate on both sides, I think he can play. Yeah, for Atalanta, I think, and the Danish national team played left back, left wing back. The one highlight that sticks in the head is the last Euros. From the left side, outside of the right boot, delivery, just perfect, on a dime. Rumors after that tournament he was going to get a move from Atalanta. His stock is kind of simmered a little bit. Still only 26. Yeah, it should be a league that fits his skill set very well, I think. So I love this transfer. Probably my favorite of the lot. And the next one is Vaclav Cherny from Twente for 8 mil. He's a guy I don't know a ton about. Czech nationality, I believe. Mm -hmm. But he's been putting up numbies in the Eredivisie. I checked his foot mob. 13 goals and 11 assists last year in the league. If you got a 10-10 guy, I mean, that's worth a lot of money, no matter what his age is. And I think he's 25. This is another example of, if you think of value investing with transfers, a lot of times you have to get past some behavioral biases, right? Because with Cherney, when I got into soccer after the 2014 World Cup, my first FIFA, you know, putting in hours on career mode as we do, he was one of the biggest wonder kids. He was just coming off a 34-game season for Ajax where he scored like nine goals. He never quite hit those heights like he did for, you know, my Celtic or Crystal Palace career mode teams. But with a lot of former wonder kids, you might see them get discouraged and really tail off. He just went back to work, rebuilt himself at 20, and he's got the skill set that Wolfsburg are willing to take another flyer on because sometimes it's right player, wrong time. And that's what Wolfsburg are betting on here. Yeah, and sometimes they were just in the wrong team for a while, and it seemed like at Twente, it, it took him a year or two to get his feet under him, but he seemed very confident last season, so I really like this, and I didn't want to talk too much about the other like five to eight mil signings they made. There's a lot. Go check out their foot mob if you want to learn more about it, but Moritz Jens is one that intrigues me. He's seemingly the replacement for Mickey. I'm intrigued by his profile. You know, the fact that he has the most German name ever, Moritz Jens. And he fits this build that we love, right? Young, handsome, often olive-skinned, young French center back. He played for Lorient, I believe, was on loan for maybe half a year before they called him back at Celtic. He's like 6'5". They get him, as well as Cedric Zesiger. From the Swiss League, he's coming from Young Boys. Wolfsburg are replacing one with two, and it also helps because they run a back three, so you can never have too much competent center back depth. Yeah, depth definitely helps. The other guy they got that's interesting is Thiago Thomas from Sporting. He was on loan in the Bundesliga last season, am I correct? I think he was at Stuttgart. Stuttgart, yeah, that's right. So he joins for 8 mil. I don't think we've seen a ton of him at the top level yet, but at 21 years old... A guy who we thought had a ton of potential when he was 19, is he worth a gamble? At 8 mil, I think definitely. Exactly, and if we think he's replacing someone, he's going to slot in on the front line, you might say for Nemecha, but if we look at the players who were here even before, Jonas Vind, he started red hot to this season. So he's it's got like, like this combination. Five goals already or something. Four goals, one assist in the Bundesliga. Tomas. Pretty sure he put up at least eight and two assists last year for Stuttgart. And one other guy they added to the ranks was Amin Saar as well, who is coming from Lyon on loan. So they got a lot of attacking talent mixed up, and they're kind of going to find the right balance. But it seems like they already did if Jonas Wynn just keeps scoring like this. Exactly. I love that we've given Wolfsburg this much shine, just like we did in the spring. If you're looking to expand your football watching in the Bundesliga, 
Wolfsburg are going to be a really fun team. We're expecting European qualification from them this season. Yeah, I think they can really even push for Champions League. It's going to be busy at the top with obviously Bayern, Dortmund, and Leipzig. But the group behind that, there's a lot of good teams, but they could be the best of those. If they could push above a Leverkusen, we could see them getting fourth maybe. Mm -hmm. That would be huge for the club. A lot of money coming in. I think it's time to move outside of Germany. I had a lot of fun talking about them. Where shall we take it next? Should we get the Premier League out of the way just so we can get into the fun stuff? Yeah, let's do it. I think we have a couple here. Nottingham Forest is one we have to talk about because they were relatively quiet most of the summer. And then on deadline day, they decided to sign, I don't know, 10 guys. (laughs) (laughs) They were the silent assassins of the Premier League, keeping a lower profile than they did throughout all of last summer, right? Like they were trying to optimize for staying in the news, it seemed. Yeah. And You imagined after last summer, I think they signed 22 players for 250 mil or something like that. You expected them to be very quiet this summer and not do a lot. But then there's this one sale of this guy named Brennan Johnson for (laughs) 55 mil, which was a huge fee for them. And that's absolutely massive for Forrest because that's a sale of an academy player. Mm -hmm. That is straight profit. That's completely gets written off against FFP. So you have 55 mil just available now. Yeah, can we quickly nerd out on the FFP implications? Because if you look at Forrest last year or Chelsea under Bowley, you can do the 200, 300 million spend if you're Forrest or fucking a billion if you're Bowley because that cost is spread out. The wages, the transfers amortized over the contract, but you're just giving yourself a future problem, right? What's nice is with sales, they count as revenue immediately. And so what you're saying with Brennan Johnson is that's 52 mil that hits revenue. What that really means is they can bring in players for 150 because their cost over the next year is still going to be less than that 50 million in revenue. And then again, kick the can down the road. That's a future us problem. Yep. And then you still have guys assets on the team that you could sell to offset the future expenses. It's incredible how they've done this. And that sale it makes the most sense in the world for them. I don't know how much sense it makes for Tottenham, but... Uh, yeah, that's to be determined. But you were talking about what that allowed for us to do. You were on the case here. Somehow I missed the foot mob notifications. Our boy, the American, Dane, I forget his last name. I hope he's still in a job. Him and Maranakis were beefing. Hopefully he didn't send the heavies his way over the last year. But he was busy in the last week. Really busy. So... I looked at the quantity. They ended up bringing in 11 players, which is a lot. That's a squad's worth. (laughs) That's a full squad's worth. But this year, it was a lot more tame. Only one signing above 17 mil. The rest were that or below. But we got to start with the top guy. Mm. Ibrahim Sangare. He might be the biggest coup of the summer. Because this guy could easily make it out of top six club. And he's everything you want. And what you said about the coup is true. I mean, we're seeing a few in Niger... I think another one dropped in the last couple weeks or so. Those have had huge political implications, but I'm still putting Sangare ahead of them. We worshipped him. We built altars. The original Mojo Dojo Casa House was ours for Sangare. It's still shocking it had to come to this. He is six foot three. He's built like an NFL linebacker or edge rusher. He does the simple protective things of an Alvarez that we talked about with West Ham. This went on too long. And you were dealing with Eindhoven, who would take 30 to 35. Always. Always. So hopefully he makes it a few seasons before one of the bigger boys realizes their mistake and come in with 60 or 70. 
Yeah, I'm really still shocked with how much the big clubs like a Chelsea were spending on guys like Moises Caicedo. Why not go get one of the best defensive midfielders in Europe for 30 mil? It just blows my mind. Like you said, everything you want, tall, physical, defensive numbers are stupid. Passing numbers, also stupid. Just take a look at his FB ref, his foot mob. He's got over an eight rating on foot mob, and he's in the 90th percentile of a lot of things on FB ref. And doesn't he have the Wiz Khalifa patch in his hair as well? I think he does, yes. On the uh, left side, he's got like the little stripe. Yeah. Oh, gosh. This is why we love football. Sadly, in the NFL, you don't get to really see what your beautiful athletes look like. That's something that they're doing perfectly in Europe. American beach, nude beach equivalent. I love it. Signing of the summer for me. All right. May it be the truth. Quickly run down some of the other inflows because this was one of 11. Yep. Uh, they got Anthony Alenga from Man United for around 17 mil. I like it. Young guy, decent winger has shown he has some potential in the league. So I don't hate that. They got Chris Wood. Uh, he keeps getting shifted around the Premier League, the bottom half of it, I should be clear yeah, here. Yeah, he's a player Ponzi scheme. Has no one realized yet that this guy is not good enough for the Prem? Or is he just like, you know, a way to commit fraud and be like, oh, it's Chris Wood though. Like, he'll come good. <laughs> Chris Wood belongs with our favorite owner, Darren McAnthony in Peterborough. But even them, they like a younger, more promising attacker. Wrexham, they're probably perfect for our boy Chris. I think Wrexham should sign him tomorrow. <laughs> I also love the Chelsea pickups on the cheap. They got Andre Santos on loan. He looked like he had real potential to start this year before they signed Moises Caicedo. And Calm Hudson-Odoi, Chinaldo, whose career has clearly fallen off a cliff after he looked like one of the most promising wingers mm. in Europe at 18 when he was starting in like European games and looked like a stud for that one season. I can't imagine he's going to do big things for Forrest. But I still like it because even if there's a 1% chance he returns to that player, it's worth three mil. Let's hope he turns things around. Let's move on from him quickly and wrap up Forrest. Do I have this right? They brought in not one, but two American goalkeepers. We've got the U.S. number one, Matt Turner. Great, solid, fundamental keeper. But he gives off serious beta and not disparaging here, but virgin energy. You know, he's got that four-year white college basketball player who's not there because of his skill but his effort mentality always slapping teammates on the butt talking because the coach says you should talk but you really annoy your immediate teammates yeah self-confidence seems like something matt turner does not possess which is not ideal for a goalkeeper he is a little bit of a 40 year old virgin energy <laughs> And all that is to say, I love Matt Turner. I wish him well. It's clear Forrest had options A, B, C, D, and E before him, but they landed on our boy Maddie, and he's come a long way since being on the not top 10 list for, I think, 40 weeks running because of the worst own goal and possibly the history. But they brought in him, as well as Ethan Horvath, his US number two. Kind of weird, but was a big part in Luton Town's promotion. Luton didn't bring him back, and Forrest were like, fuck it, we couldn't get Dean Henderson. Let's just have two Americans, so at least hopefully they talk to each other and not the other players. They can do their jobs. Yeah, 100%. The other moves they made were at center back. They got some depth, which I've always thought they needed, given the Willie Bolly, Joel Worrell, Scott McKenna partnership. That has an expiration date, and it also feels very championship level. 
I would say. It feels like the only place those names should be together is in a life insurance office, you know, thinking about the future and making sure you leave something behind for the loved ones. Yeah, and we thought Musa Niakate might have been the solution to that last summer. Didn't work out, was very injury prone. I think they already shifted him on. They took a gamble. You know, nice little refresh. Two 21-year-old center backs coming in. Uh, the Norwich kid, Andrew Omabid... 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 Andrew Omabidele. Actually... That's actually the toughest one I think I've ever seen. <laughs> And I'm pissed because I practiced this while scrolling through foot mob in the restroom earlier this week. I was like, we're going to talk about it and I'm going to pronounce it right. Andrew, Oma Bedele. Oma Bedele. I think that's right. And they also brought in Mario from Corinthians, a young Brazilian center back. I think the Norwich kid might feel like one for the future. I've seen him play a few times. He's still very raw, but he's tall, like physical. It seems like he has some of the tools for the top level. Lazy brain here. But could this be a Ben Godfrey regen, right? Kind of has the same profile as him. And I always believed in Godfrey early. Maybe he's worth a flyer for someone. Side note, I kind of like this Irish rebrand at the national team level. It's him. Collins has looked solid. Wolves last year. Moved to Brentford. Looks good for them this year. Evan Ferguson up top. I want to be bullish on Oma. Oma Medele. Oma Medele. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's got to be it on Forrest. That's all we have. That's it. We got to be done. Self-impose that. Let's talk Burnley. Last team before we hit part two. I apologize for not reading your meticulous notes before. High level. How are you feeling on them? Are they staying up? Did they never have a chance to stay up? So in our predictions, which was way earlier and before the transfer window closed, I had them in 12th which feels absolutely horrific. Now, I just thought there were so many bad teams that they could be okay. Looking at them so far this season, I think they might go down. And I'll be honest, made a lot of good signings, but they made a lot of good like, oh, we we are established in the Premier League signings, not like signing for depth. They didn't make any, here's a massive upgrade to our starting 11. Yeah, I can kind of see that with the players they brought up. But let's run through the list quickly and tie together any themes or strategy yeah it seems like they kind of pulled the budget version of Forrest's famous window from last season just in terms of quantity brought in 15 players without selling anyone really net spend of 100 mil they're gambling big time on this thing working under vincent company and it hasn't worked out so far obviously a lot of risk in the strategy uh but i think i speak for both of us when i say we like a lot of this business luca cola show the potential USMNT winger. He's looked like an absolute steal. Three mil from RCD Espanol's B team. Already in their lineup, getting goal involvements. You got Zeki Amduni from FC Basel. He's pretty prolific, has been proven in that league. And of course, you got guys like James Trafford, the England U21 keeper. Really impressed in that trophy winning tournament for 17 mil. But I'll be honest, he's looked pretty bad this season. He's been thrown in the fire. I don't think we can give lasting judgment until... Maybe 12 games if we're humble. Yeah, it's a small sample size. And also, he's playing on like probably the worst defensive team right now. Maybe them or Fulham. It's bad. And I think what we're saying is we like the business almost irrespective of what league they're playing in next year. Obviously, Alan Pace is needing to stay up in the Premier League for those interest payments. 
we detailed last episode. This LBO might be falling apart and JJ Watt will be left holding the yeah, bag. Yeah, or Dude Perfect. We could see an HBO-worthy documentary unravel before our eyes. Imagine the backstabbing. I wonder if they built something in the contract. Like, if we go down and we can't pay off our debts, you get full ownership of the club. Or we get a call <laughs> option at a $200 million valuation. Just enough so that Alan Pace doesn't go to prison for fraud. But the worry here to me is you bring in all these great young players, but in some really key positions, it feels like they need an old head or two, a veteran or two. And I'll also say they could have used a midfield upgrade. I always think teams that get promoted should sign a top quality six and a top quality eight. And they didn't really do either of those things. They could have used Ibrahim Sangari. They could have. He was out of their price range. For sure. Devil's advocate in the Burley boardroom would say Sander Berg is that guy, but even him struggled with injury, really never played a successful Premier League season, okay, with Sheffield. He was always a guy that could be that guy, but has never been that guy. And we're hoping he can be that guy, but right now still doesn't look to be that guy. Yeah, I just think in general, I love the depth on this team. As I said before, I'm just not entirely convinced on the starting 11 quality. I still do believe there are more trash teams than them. But they're in that trash mix. They're trash adjacent. I wish there was a bet. It would be a combo, essentially, that they get relegated this year and get promoted next year. I love that bet, actually, because I feel like we said similar things about Southampton last season. Like, they're going to go down, but they're going to come right back up because their team's just too good to Mm -hmm. not. So, we're hoping for the best for Burnley. We are. We do want them to stay up. We do. It looks rough. Looking bad early. We'll withhold judgment for now. Anything else on Burnley? I think this is a good place to wrap part one, if not. No, I think this is a great place to wrap part one. Uh, We hope you guys enjoyed. We will be back for part two. We'll go a little more niche. Uh, We're going to go outside the pram, dive into some lower leagues, and we are actually more excited for that than this episode. We are. I'm going to try to hit a Scandinavian trifecta quartet, if so. Possibly dabble into Finland, if I'm really feeling it. Hope you enjoyed as always, follow us on Twitter at Faking Injuries. This is going to be our first episode on Goals TV. Thank you to Jose at Goals TV for putting up with my procrastination. But it seems like a cool ship and platform they've got over there. Just an all-out hub for all things soccer. Think of trying to be foot mob, but integrated with content. So an interesting mission over there. Yeah, absolutely. Go check them out. I think they're on pretty much all social media as well. So go give them a follow. Yep, on the App Store as well. But that's it for today. Love you guys. Back for part two. Love you guys. Bye.